So as always, I pose a question because when you come into my world, the Drop-In CEO Podcast, this is a time for you to pause, think, and reflect about your current situation or the business that you're running. And so Chuck Cooper, oh, what a great interview. He helps businesses create the ecosystem and have the systems and people around to help navigate through whatever the transformation or change is, whether in good times and in growth or perhaps at time of crises. But then it brings me back to you. Do you have the right support system and ecosystem around you that you can bounce ideas off of? Do you have a mentor? Do you belong to a networking group? Do you have a board of advisors? You know, not all the time did I. And at those times and junctures, I felt lost. So I ask you to ask yourself, do you have the right support system around you to help navigate through changes, growth, etc. You are already talented, and I talk about this in my book, but sometimes we need the right infrastructure ecosystem around us to continue to be successful. Let's listen to our fantastic conversation with Chuck Cooper. I've always been an advocate for business owners to be a part of a peer advisory group. And I think that organizations like Vistage or you know C12, there's there's several different organizations that are out there. But I think being a part of a group like that pays huge dividends, especially over this last year as we've gone through the pandemic. Because what we saw as we went through that is when I was talking with business owners that were not a part of a group like that, in a lot of ways they were isolated and they were also paralyzed. And what do we need to do? Where do we pivot? And what does that look like? Versus those business owners that were part of a peer group, they had that board of directors and that sounding board around them that they could basically bring questions and concerns and get feedback on what they needed to do. So they were able to pivot and and actually move forward a lot quicker and a lot more successfully than those that were not. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the drop-in CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, Join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of Illumination Partners, and I am grateful that you have joined us again on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. Week after week, I get to speak to amazing leaders and bring their insights and inspiration to you. If you like this episode, I ask that you please subscribe, rate, review, and share this with others so we can continue to bring you great programming. And today, it is my honor to share the mic with my amazing guest, Chuck Cooper. He is the managing partner at Whitewater Consulting in Charlotte, North Carolina. And throughout his career, Chuck has been involved at the ownership level of small and medium-sized companies. And he has also has extensive experience working in the PEO industry, and we'll go there. And Chuck's passion is working with the strategies that eliminate the fear, the uncertainty, 
and the doubt they may have when it comes to solving their people problems. Chuck, it is my honor to welcome you onto the show. Thank you, Deb. It's great to be with you this morning. All right. So thank you so much. This is going to be a fantastic conversation. And just a little note to my listeners, I'm grateful for the introduction to Chuck. And you know from listening to me, I am a human-centric leader. We can have the greatest tools and processes, but at the end of the day, our investment in the people is really what matters and is going to leave a lasting impact. And that is some of the work that uh, Chuck does, and I cannot wait to share his story with you. So Chuck, a little bit about yourself personally, your career, and the amazing work that you're doing now. So over the last 21 years, my wife and our kids have resided in Charlotte, North Carolina. We moved here from the Midwest after growing up there in a family-owned business. And, you know, it's been quite a journey. I've spent a lot of time working both with a lot of larger organizations, but also have had the opportunity to you know be involved at the leadership level from an ownership perspective. And it's really ranged in, uh, in industries from agriculture to food services and from financial services to the people side of business within the HR world. So it's been quite a journey and, and it's one that uh, I've been very, very blessed to be uh, married to my wife now for 36 years. And we have three amazing kids who are all married and and, uh, seven grandkids. So it's been a, a, a life that has been uh, blessed more than what I ever anticipated. You know, I sincerely appreciate that. Sometimes we just as leaders are so pressed to get things done, but sharing the personal side of what we do, we have a lot in common here. So I am also fortunate to be married to an amazing person coming up on 33 years uh, very shortly. Three amazing kids, no grandkids yet, but you know, if and when it happens, I'll be grateful to see the legacy and see my children building amazing people and citizens. <laughs> so question, the Midwest, where where uh, about had you resided? So our family, both my wife and I both grew up in a central part of Illinois. And we it literally, I mean, in that part of the world, it's either you're either involved in agriculture or you're working in industry. And it was one that uh, it was a great place to grow up. But uh, as our as we started forming our family, it was you know an opportunity to really take a look at some other places around the country that would give our kids more of an opportunity to do whatever they wanted in their life. And uh, so the move to Charlotte uh, was one that we knew absolutely no one here. We came and spent 10 days and absolutely fell in love with the area and uh, decided on the way back to uh, buy a house and relocate within 90 days. So it's been a great move. You know, an amazing story. And if I could just add to that, people just don't know this about me. So I'm a Jersey girl, born and bred, my husband as well. And we thought we would be staying in that part of the country. But then... Hurricane Sandy hit the East Coast and devastated a lot of the neighborhoods. Fortunately, we were doing just fine, but talk about a couple months being in devastation and really being in a time of transition. And then I got a promotion to move from the East Coast to the West, uh, to the Midwest. And it also was at a point in raising our family for which it was a good timing. Two children were in college. One was still in the lower grades. It was a good time to reset, explore a new part of the country. And for that, It was a great place to raise my daughter, and we still are, and enjoying this part of the country. It's a beautiful place. Absolutely. So I'd love to get into Whitewater Consulting. Tell me more about that, because there is always an amazing story behind the brand. As I mentioned earlier, I've been involved in in business and at the ownership level in several different companies, and this was 
a a opportunity that I was really have been planning for for several years, and I wanted to, as I was working on the the business strategy and the plan and trying to identify who my clients were going to be, I really wanted to come up with a name that was going to be something that I could really attach myself and really resonate with, and something that my my clients could also kind of get a, a feel for how we approach our our business. And the backstory is is that several years ago there was four of us that we went to Canada for a, a three-week canoe trip where we basically used our paper maps to navigate the uh, lakes and the water and the river systems in uh, Manitoba. And as we were, um, it was on that, about the midpoint of that journey that we had really looked at the maps and we thought we were coming up on really what we thought was going to be two sets of rapids. I was in the front canoe with another gentleman and as we were going through the first set of rapids, we got along great. And as we were approaching the second set, uh, what we realized was that the current was rapidly picking up. And uh, the closer we got, we realized we were coming up to a waterfall instead of a set of rapids. And so obviously, the two of us in the canoe were paddling, trying our best to get out of the current and get over to the shore to be safe. And we were struggling. And and as we were actually working against each other um, for a part of that uh, time period. And what I remember is I remember hearing the voice from the gentleman in the back canoe giving us very, very clear concise communications on what each of us needed to be doing. And by following those directions, we were literally able to get away from the waterfall and to actually get to shore within just a matter of a few minutes. And so when I was thinking about the name Whitewater, obviously we were right in the midst of Whitewater at that time, but it's just the the impact that I had having somebody else on that journey with me that had had experience, had been in similar situations and was able to communicate and give clear, concise directions on how to help navigate those issues and that part of the journey. That really resonated with me. So that's really, as I thought about the start and the launch of our company, I wanted to be the guy that was in that other canoe. I wanted to be able to work with my clients to share my my experience my wisdom that I've have uh, received through the, the difficult times we've gone through. That is such a powerful message. And I did not know that about you. And I might even suggest if you haven't shared that more strongly, that is really, really compelling. When we think about as leaders, it's not just what we do, but what is your story, your backstory that really explains why you do what you do and the impact you want to have in others. It's a beautiful story. But let's go into just a little bit more details about what are the kinds, what is the kind of work that you uh, help guide or navigate with your clients? So everything that we do with Whitewater Consulting is really, we're focused on, right now, we are really focused on leadership, um, company cultures. And as, as you want to boil everything down, it has to do with the people part of the business. And I think that, you know, even as we've come through the pandemic right now, Deb, you know, I think the way that we lead our organizations is different today than it was before the pandemic. And the fact that we're, I think a lot of times, we are more focused today on not just seeing our employees as being a line item on a, on a balance sheet, but we're really seeing them as being an asset to our company. And so we come alongside our clients and really just help nav- help them navigate this world right now that we're in. And so what we do, I'm not necessarily an HR practitioner, but what I do from my consultant role is I help identify problems within the organization. And then I use my network of people that we've developed over the last 25 years to connect 
connect them to be the solution providers to my clients. And that allows me then to really be able to manage that relationship and to stay involved with the clients on a quarterly basis as we move forward. You know, that's an amazing thing. First of all, kudos for you for being able to build up such an amazing network to serve your clients, not just your core skills, but in whatever it is that they need through the network. And that's something I, through this podcast, have been building my network of reliable partners, that hence illumination partners to be able to help your clients. But let's just go more into the work because again, I know you have served and will continue to serve in the area of leadership culture through your network. What does it look like for a client that is at that juncture? They're paddling fast, they're paddling in the wrong direction, and they may need your services, but may not even know it. So what is that pain? What does it look like for them right now? What are some examples that you can share with us? I think you obviously, with the ebbs and flows of being a small business owner, um, it changes um, either daily or and quite often it's just throughout, you know, throughout a year. There's going to be different issues that are going to arise. But I think right now, particularly as we've come through the pandemic, we're really seeing a lot of companies right now struggling with uh, trying to figure out the best strategy to be able to attract and to retain their key employees. And so, we, you know, we see and we hear things like the great resignation, the taking place, the war for talent. And we also see that, you know, from a, a, a numbers standpoint is that the number of people retiring today is significantly greater than it was a couple of years ago. And I think that that the war for talent is going to be something that will continue on, you know, for for an extended period. And so we're actually helping our clients right now. And just to give you an example of a um, client that we just finished working with, they were in the manufacturing business. They had about 75 employees. They had turnover that was running about twice the average rate and their morale was extremely low. Their KPIs were spiraling out of control and they really were just trying to figure out what do we need to do to be able to salvage and to really stabilize our company. And so they had us come in and we basically came through our process. We did uh, some really deep dive interviews with the C-suite to understand kind of where they were. Also from a manager level, we did the same thing and then drove that down to the employee level. And so we put together a, a fully comprehensive report for the uh, for the management team. And what we learned by going through that was that from an employee level, they had a lot of issues that they were trying to voice and to communicate, but they were not being heard. From a manager level, they had some people that were really being very, very protective of their areas. And so they were almost being a barrier to any communications moving upward. And then from the C-suite, they felt like that they were being, you know, they they were frustrated with their managers and with their employees because of just a, a loss of control in a lot of areas. So the, the interesting thing was by coming in and just spending some time and giving people the opportunity to feel like they were being heard took out a lot of the stress and the anxiety that they were feeling away. And from the managers, we identified a couple of people there where we just needed to provide some additional training. They did need to change out one of their managers to replace that person. And they did that in a very successful way. But what's been interesting by doing that, and then the last thing that we did was we actually, the employees, one of their greatest concerns they had was just from an employee benefit offering. We extended out the uh, the, the offering that they were going to have available to them so they could pick and choose 
what was most important to them because they had within their workforce, they had five generations of people working. And so it gave us the opportunity to really understand what each of their needs were and provide offerings, that uh, benefits that were going to be applicable for them. And so it was something that the, empl- the, the employees felt valued. The managers were much more um, focused on the individuals that they were managing, almost as from a shepherding standpoint versus trying to manage that, the entire team. And then this is from the C-suite, they felt like that their whole morale has changed. They've got people now that are more engaged than ever before. Their KPIs are going, or they're going, instead of spiraling out of control, they're going through the roof. And the actual employee base is, is a healthier base today than what it has been before. So that, thank you, is an amazing story. And you had me thinking, again, I'm always thinking, and I want to ask the next question. You know, fixing things and identifying what is broken is certainly helpful. But I'm curious from your perspective, it didn't just happen overnight that at these three tiers, they had these different issues that led to the complexity that led to the high turnover. Can you pinpoint from a culture owner or, hey, this is just what happens when small companies just start growing. We've never really fostered all of these things. We've just about what was the cause? Was there anything else at the root that we needed to change? Because you can fix things but is it sustainable? I'm curious. I think that the reality is that the C-suite, I mean, the owners, they knew that there had issues at the manager level. It was one of those situations, though, Deb, where it was actually family that was at the manager level as well. And so they really had a hard time being able to determine established boundaries from the C-suite to the manager level. And so they weren't holding those people accountable for the roles that they had. And by coming in and really just making making a couple of changes there, it allowed the, the communication to be able to flow. It's almost a two-way street now. So we've got communication going down, but we also have the employees seeing things within their from their work and their viewpoint that they're able to pass that information, that feedback up, and it was getting back to the owners and they were able to make decisions. So I think that's really where the disconnect was, was at just, again, from a family dynamic and then also just from expectations within their, end of their given roles. You know, you bring up such an amazing point here because what was extremely successful early on. You know, family, same culture, same background, can-do, attitude, agile, have each other's back. What makes a company like that, even if it's not family, but just the founders, the people that have been together since the early days, makes them really successful. But I too, I am working with a client right now that they've worked together for a long time. And then I come in and I realize there are shortcomings. We've never held some of the managers accountable for certain things. And I go in and say, oh my God, this area is not well organized. Oh my, you've been doing things the same way, but you know, you've got to clean up this area and that area. And as soon as I was able to provide that outside perspective, they realized, oh yeah, we've been just kind of ignoring it because we've been able to function and we just don't see it. So even if you're not in a time of crisis, sometimes just bringing in an external set of eyes to look at what you're doing, even if it seems to be working, you might be missing out on some opportunity because as soon as you go through that growth or a pandemic or the next crisis, that's where you start seeing the risks and the fragility of an organization. And when you come out of these crises, you actually have a lot of expenses, a lot of rework, (laughs) and it could be more costly. No, you're, you're exactly right, Deb. And I think that's really kind of where we see a lot of our clients today is 
because of all the things that have happened in the last 18 months, everything from a people perspective right now within a small to mid-sized company is really being reevaluated as to how, what, how do we change the process? What do we need to do to be positioned to be able to move forward, to really be able to thrive as an organization? So obviously, I want to lead people to you, Whitewater Consulting, your services and your network. But if somebody doesn't have a problem right now, but maybe they were able to weather the pandemic, they were an essential industry, they were well positioned, but we don't want people to be in crisis. What are some things that maybe they could be doing now to improve the leadership, improve the culture of the organization so that when things get bad, financially, economically, politically, supply chain, that they can do now in order to prepare the organization to weather the storm? That is really a great question. And, and it's been one of those, I've always been an advocate for us, for business owners to be a part of a peer group, a peer advisory group. And I think that organizations like Vistage or, you know, C12, there's, there's several different organizations that are out there. But I think being a part of a group like that pays huge dividends, especially this over this last year as we've gone through the pandemic. Because what we saw as we went through that is when I was talking with business owners that were not a part of a group like that, they were in a lot of ways, they were isolated and they were also paralyzed. And what do we need to do? How do we, where do we pivot and what does that look like versus those business owners that were part of a peer group? They had that board of directors and that sounding board around them that they could basically bring questions and concerns and get feedback on what they needed to do. So they were able to pivot and actually move forward a lot quicker and a lot more successfully than those that were not. So I think that's one thing. The second thing, if you're not a part of your peer advisory group, is look or at least consider pulling your, your management team around you and, and essentially forming your own kind of board of directors there to and to be able to be authentic and be transparent with them to say, this is really the challenges. These are my concerns that I have, either from a personal side or from a works or professional side. But be able to pull. And I think within when you do that, it brings those relationships so much closer and tighter and creates the impact for leadership as we move forward on the on the mission of the organization, as well as the strategy for how we're going to move everybody together and, and to get buy-in from all your people. So that's really, really sound advice. I also talk about this in the CEO's Compass, Your Guide to Get Back on Track, my book that has just been published. And in there, I talk about two compass points, the past and the pride. And often in these companies, small and medium size, much of the leadership team has been there since the beginning and others have joined a little bit later. How often have we taken the time to bring ourselves together offsite a couple hours and just kind of a time out and just say, what do we think the issues are? Where do we see our long-term term vision, our strategy. You can do this on your own. And I find some leaders will hold themselves back from doing that because it will, that's kind of silly. We've been working together for so long, but there is great humility in being able to say, let's just take a time out. Let's pause and reflect as a team. What are your concerns? What are your strengths? What should we be doing? What questions do you have? That is a source of strength for leadership to be able to do that either on your own or potentially with the help of Whitewater Consulting. So a quick shout out, what are the other things that you do? Because if not from a cultural leadership perspective, what are just some of the other kinds of things that uh, you provide through yourself and your network? 
So we really have about four different areas that we really focus on. One is we have the resources and and the expertise to be able to provide HR compliance audits for small and mid-sized companies. And so that's just a great starting point for an entry to be able to help an organization figure out where their gaps may be and what they need to do to be in compliance. Second is from a uh, really from determining whether from an HR perspective, do we want to build an HR team in-house or do we want to outsource that to an organization like a PEO? And I think that's you know, one of the areas that we do a lot of work in today. And I think that from my own perspective, you know, it's one, the HR outsourcing is a great model for some companies because it allows them to really take advantage of the, the resources they have for building that HR infrastructure. And it allows the you as a manager and the owner to really focus on the growth and, and the management of the company. So that's that's the second, you know, one of the key areas that we get involved in. The last thing that we do, we do a lot of work with comprehensive employee benefit strategies, where we rather than looking at our benefit packages that we offer as as you know, business owners, rather than looking at that from just a 12-month perspective, we actually roll this out to where we're looking at things th- about th- 36 months out. And from that, we also look at the workforce because, again, as we talked about in the example earlier, when you've got everything from a Gen Z to a a, a baby boomer that's in your workforce, they're all at different stages of life, so they have different needs when it comes to benefits. And there's some really unique and some really cool things that we're able to do right now for different generations. For example, we have a company we partner with that actually provides the the ability for employees to sell back part of their unused PTO, and that creates those dollars. And so a lot of the millennials or the Gen Z, they're using those additional dollars to pay down student loans, whereas the baby boomers on the other end, their focus is on retirement or maybe it's on long-term care. So again, it allows them to have additional resources to make those contributions for additional benefits. So it's just, again, it's, it's rolling this this window out, looking at things and actually being more strategic and on the plans that we're going to offer. And again, it really helps with the employee engagement level as well. So those are just some of the areas we really focus on. So that's amazing. I know people are going to want to connect with you, but you know, as we're having this conversation, you technically have this business down. You also have a great personal life, but I want to ask you something a little bit more about either an aha moment that you have had, some words of wisdom that maybe has been shared with you that either one of those you carry forward, because I think you're a very intelligent person. You're very smart. I would love to know a little bit about your thought leadership and what are some guiding words that you have, you have come into as a result of your experiences. So just on a, and this goes back to kind of ties into a personal story as well. Um, if I go back to my first, really one of the first businesses that I was a part of, we had a very, very successful business that we, as a leadership team, let pride and ego get in our way. And we basically took a very, very successful business and made some really poor decisions from an investment and a financial perspective. And by doing that, we ended up essentially having to sell the company to get out from underneath the debt that we created for ourselves. And so my takeaway from that, and I was extremely young in my career when I went through that, but it was one that it taught me the importance of having mentors and having accountability partners around me. 
to help kind of be those guardrails to make sure that I don't make decisions like I did. That's going to be something that's going to impact me in a significant way for for many, many years. So I learned that the, the value of that. And then the second thing is, is I think that even as entrepreneurs and even individuals, to be able to actually understand, to know who you are, to understand kind of what your personal mission, vision, values are. We do this for companies all the time, but I think as leaders, we need to also know what our personal mission, vision, and values are so that we can use those as a almost a compass to help us in times of difficult decision-making. So that when we're in the white waters and we get turned upside down, we know where we really need to go to to get help and to, to move in the right direction. And that is precisely, Chuck. Thank you for that mentorship, not doing it alone, and having a compass to guide you through the white water. That is why our two brands resonate with each other, also knowing one's purpose as well. So thank you. You have been an amazing guest. Is there a good way for people to connect with you? Because I know they're going to want to reach out to you. Probably the easiest way to get in touch. We are on all of the social media platforms. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and also on Twitter. But then I really want to provide two other ways for us to get in touch with me. Our, our website is whitewaterconsulting.net. And my personal email is chuck at whitewaterconsulting.net. And, my, and our cell phone, our direct number is 704 236 3131. If you have any questions, we would love the opportunity to speak with you. Chuck, you have been an amazing guest. I wish you continued success and thank you so much. Be well. It's been great to be with you, Deb. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, The CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.